Everybody, welcome to your favorite podcast in the United States. That's your two favorite guys with the tightest butts on the internet, Austin and Julian. And it's just the tips. What's up, Austin? Just over here trying to keep my cheeks tight, man. Dude, you don't need to do much. They're already pretty tight. I think you have naturally tight cheeks. My secret is I've been doing uh, buns of state. Buns of Steel VHS tapes for the last 15 years. Ah. I don't know if you remember those. You know what my secret is? Is I learned this from my old trainer. When you do like a squat or something, squeeze your butt cheeks together at the top. You'll get that extra uh, glute workout that you wouldn't otherwise get when you're doing legs. And if you're at the gym and, and someone's watching you, you give them a, a little treat when you get to the top. Yeah, they see that and they go, oh, he's got yeah. some glutes. Julian's got some butt cheeks that you can set your watch to. I know if you've heard that before. My butt cheeks are flat and hard. They're like, uh, I don't know. I, I, I could probably use one of those like butt workouts that the girls use to like get more voluptuous butt. But mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I got flat butt syndrome. Yeah, but you put those inserts into your pants, right? So nobody can tell. Oh yeah, no one knows. That only only my wife knows, and she doesn't mind. Yeah, I like that your butt's hard, but I'm not too happy that it's flat. I wish we could get some natural curvature in there, but I mean, I don't know. That's just the way I'm built, man. What are you gonna do? I mean, and and do girls like around butt like a guy does? I don't think they care as much, but they they I've been told that they notice. When a dude's got a butt. Ah. Yeah. That's not uh, as as important as it is to some guys. And maybe some girls like that. I've also been told, I, I've been told that they recognize package too in the front, which much to my chagrin. Well, that's why you put those uh, socks in there. I always just say, I, I have, uh, what are those pants called? I have compression shorts on. That's why you can't see anything. <laughs> the what are those called? Uh, spanks. You wear spanks a lot. They should make spanks for guys that like compress everything, and then ex- put padding on your crotch. Mm. So it like crushes everything else down, and then puts a little bit of padding on your crotch, so it makes your crotch look bigger by. Suppressing everything else and just adding a little bit of something to that. Yeah, a tasteful, a tasteful bulge. Yeah, you don't want to go, like, I don't know, who's someone, uh, Mandingo on them or anything. Apparently, John Ham is uh, is a big dong. His name's they call him the Hamaconda. Oh, really? Yeah. Where'd you learn that? It's around the internet. I didn't know that anyone's spoken on that well you need to do you need to do your research i i don't think i've ever looked up how big someone's dong is well you can't avoid it it's the hamaconda this was years ago it was very popular it's kind of died down oh is that we've all gotten used to it got it well i love john ham i he's he is one of my favorite tv personalities out there he just, I don't know. I mean, I've never met him, so he could be complete opposite of what he comes across as, but he seems like he's a really funny, nice, down-to-earth dude. Yeah, he seems cool for how handsome and and stacked he is in the pants. So, all right, well, let's uh, let's start this podcast before we get too hard, huh? Too late, Austin. I've uh, already had to unzip my fly for a little breathing room. Yeah, me too. Whose turn is it? My turn. I go first this time. We'll go already. All right. We're doing pretty good. We're only four and a half minutes in, and we're already on our first tip. We've gone way longer than that. That's true. All right. This comes from Pafet One, and it is, whatever stage of life you're in, be sure to take time to thoroughly enjoy it and reflect often on what you have going for yourself. Um, yeah, I agree. Don't take life for granted. Make sure to live in the moment and enjoy what you have going on around you. 
And I think this is especially true when you're like doing something uniquely enjoyable. Take the time to like turn your brain off. Don't think about that email you have to write and, and don't think about all the stuff you have to do or all the stuff you didn't do and just be in the moment and enjoy it. That's true. It's, I think it's, I don't know if it's like a younger person thing. I've, I've suffered from this through a lot of my life in my twenties. I was like, I'll enjoy myself when I have a good job or, you know, I would always find an excuse not to enjoy myself, even though I wasn't really doing anything productive and I was kind of enjoying myself. I just wasn't appreciating it. And I think now that we're at that age where we're getting, we're still young, I guess, but we're also old at the same time. I think we've learned the importance of appreciating, you know, friends. And even if you have progress you have to make, you know, I think there's a line between working hard towards goals and what you want to do and spending time with friends and family, but uh, also making sure to enjoy it and not, you know, it's like everything. I guess there's a, there's a middle ground. You don't want to work too hard and you don't want to work too little. Yep. And uh, yeah, I think that's good advice and i think also in this day and age uh we're exposed to so much of you know people's lives outside of our own that we're always like aspiring to something else and always looking for something bigger better and when you take that away from yourself you know like i'm thinking of camping or or going on a nice long hike and and you just kind of leave the outside distractions of the world at, at outside of your peripheral. Um, you really learn to start appreciating the moment and your time and you, and, and you, and you get this relaxation that comes over you. That's, that's addicting. And it actually, I'm, it's always surprising to me when I do that, how quickly time actually flies by. Um, you'd think like doing nothing, like sitting in the woods and camping and stuff that, you know, time would, would go, really slow and you'd be bored but actually flies by and it's really enjoyable and 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 i often find myself like being disappointed that my that time is over and i have to go back to the real world also i'm sure you were really stoned too in in the wilderness and that probably helps oh yeah that's a nice little added bonus that's true though man whenever i go camping which is not enough but like when we go on those guys trips where a bunch of guys go out in the wilderness and I like leave my phone inside or, you know, don't even have access to it maybe once or twice a day. And I'm just out in the wilderness, especially like if we're hanging out, talking with friends and stuff that is like, I just realize I feel so good. And it's like the time of your life. And it's just so nice being away from all the distractions and screens and bullshit. And I always tell myself, I'm going to bring that back to my regular life. You know, put my leave my phone and, and kind of have the same mindset, but it's just not the same as being out in the wilderness. Yeah, I remember uh, Cor and I went um, camping in Oregon and right outside Portland at a place called Lost Lake. Tip: If you ever go to Oregon, and you want to go camping, go to Lost Lake. It's amazing. And uh, and when we got up there, our phone had no service, and we were up there for two days, I think. And I remember getting there and we're both anxious about it because I was like, oh man, what if something happens at work or what if something happens to our daughter, blah, blah, blah. And then after a couple hours, like I didn't even think about it anymore and it was just really nice. And then on the way back down the mountain, I remember getting nervous about when we were going to get signal, what was going to come through. And I was like, oh no, I was like stressed out by all the the information and and stuff that could come through my phone at any second when we got the signal back. So it was funny to go from transitioning and being scared of not having access to the outside world to getting scared of regaining access to the outside world. So anyway, all right, your tip. Okay. Um, Brought to you by Shroot for Prez. And uh, we're just getting right into Austin's parent corner here because I can't get enough of it. And I know a lot of people are coming to me for answers on how to raise their kids. So um, I just got to keep delivering. And 
Here it is. If your teenagers ever want to participate in a fashion trend that looks stupid to you, don't fight it. Just insist that they have to let you take a picture of them in said trend. And this always happens, and I'm, you know, we're definitely getting to the old man age where kids look crazy. But now it's kind of weird because they're starting to dress like 90s, like how we did. So I guess it's a little bit different. But uh, this always happens. I remember when we were in middle school, <clears throat> Adam Hobesh would wear these giant jeans. And he had a, a chain wallet, and the chain went down to his ankle. And he did it just to piss off his dad, who was born and raised in Lebanon. And his dad did not know how to wrap his head around his son having a chain wallet that went down to his ankle. And uh, and then, you know, me and Julian got into fubus and gangster shit. And we wrote things like bone thugs on our backpack. And Julian drew Wu-Tang symbols all over his boots. And uh, we did a lot of crazy things. I really did. But we didn't take pictures. I wish I had taken pictures of me looking ridiculous. I have a few of them, and I look, but none of them that really captured how stupid we used to dress. Uh, I wish I had a picture of those Wu boots because they had Wu Tang. If you know the Wu Tang symbol, it was uh, written on both of the tongues of the shoe. And then I wrote all the uh, Wu Tang members' names on the outside of the shoes. The boots. These are like your typical work boots. Um, and some lyrics like ain't nothing to fuck with on them as well. And I remember I went to summer camp with them and everyone's like, oh, what are those? And I was like, those are my woo boots. And everyone thought it was the greatest thing. And my nickname at summer camp was woo that summer. Um, and they made me a woo hat to go with it. And um, yeah. I love the Wu-Tang Clan. Still do, but I don't have the boots anymore. If you went to a summer camp now and everyone in your nickname was Wu, then I feel like you'd have some problems. Probably. A, I'd be way too old. And B... That's true. You'd have a lot of different problems. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but, yeah. And and uh, I think it's also funny to, like, get those photos so that you can like look back at them and laugh um, at how silly you looked. But I mean, there are some people that pull it off. There's a subreddit called old school cool where like people picture post old pictures of their parents and stuff. And uh, it's amazing. Like how badass some of the old styles were. And, and you know, I wish I could be as cool as some people are. I don't think I ever will be. Things are so cyclical that a lot of times fashions come back. And now it's going to be interesting because now we're in such a strange age where there's just a worldwide access to information and the world in fashion is made so much smaller by the internet. It'll be interesting to see how the cycle goes. You know what I'm curious about? Because it's one thing that hasn't gone the in cycles, um, and that is the size of women's bathing suits. They've gotten smaller and smaller and smaller with every generation. And I really think the next generation is just going to go naked. And I'm not complaining by any means. Uh, I'm all for shrinking those bathing suits. But it's crazy. Like like what girls wear to the beach now would have been like eye-popping for me when I was in high school. Right. And hopefully as soon it's just body paint. It's just like they get, you know, those Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition body paint where they're just naked with paint on. Maybe that's the next step is we just paint minimalist swimsuits. They're actually naked. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Have you ever been to a uh, music festival? I mean, that's kind of already true. going on. But uh, and so. with fashion after the my gangster, my gangster shit phase, in my 20s, I got into a, a skinny jean phase that maybe got... A little out of control and as I gained weight and kept trying to wear the same jeans I remember I'll, I'll see pictures and some of them are so tight and all tank tops on like bro tanks was like man that is unfortunate but now I'm, I'm full dadcore now I think you, that's a genre dadcore now you wear shirts that say some grandpas play bingo real grandpas I can't read the bottom play racquetball play racquetball so uh, you've really come a long way with your, with your fashion, but you've always been fashionable. I, I, I haven't been as much. I struggle with fashion. Um, 
And also, I don't know if you struggle with it so much as you just don't give a shit. I mean, I do like to look good and stuff, but I don't know why I've always had... Tr- I think because I grew up, my parents never spent money on clothes for me. Like, they always made me feel guilty about buying expensive clothes. And so, like, they always dressed me in, like, Kirkland signature jeans and stuff. Um, and and so it, 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 like, instilled this guilt about spending money on clothing in me that I've never been able to shake. So it's, like, really hard for me to go to a clothing store and spend a bunch of money because I've got that 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 shame in me that I should be buying, you know, secondhand clothing from the Salvation Army um, and not, you know, $100 pants. Hey, Julie, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. What? I got I got this T-shirt at a thrift store for $2. Well, I know, but you can pull it off. I couldn't pull off a shirt like that. Oh, you could. My mom, growing up, would uh, she loved name brands, like a Ralph Lauren, as she would call it. And... But she would buy them at Dillard's like 75% off and they were the worst colors. It would, she'd be like, look, I got you three bright yellow and pink polos and uh, they're 10 bucks each. And I was like, yeah, mom, these are ugly as hell. She's like, but they're polo. And this was before Kanye, that little Kanye phase where that was cool. And so I just had polo shit that was always just the worst colors. Yeah, I had all kinds of weird shit. I had a shirt that said Duckhead on it. And I remember my t- my teacher made me turn it inside out because she thought it said dickhead on it. And it was just a big duck. Uh, I think that was a brand. It was a brand. Was like, yeah, it was a brand. Um, I had all kinds of weird shit. Uh, but Kirkland Signature was was one of my... Anything at Costco was, was one of my mom's favorite uh, places to buy shit. We should make a Kirkland Signature fashion catalog with... Uh... We'll do a fall catalog. We'll go to Costco and we'll just get you all dressed up. Yeah. I mean, there's, I know there's, uh, like Instagrammers that become very popular because they like only shop at Target and they're like, I got it at Target. And they're all styled out with what they bought at Target. Mm. I like to see people, you know, those like trendy shirts that Target sells that say like golden girls on them or something. Yeah. I like to go up to people that are wearing those shirts and whisper in the ear, I know your secret. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they don't usually know what I'm talking about. And then I gesture to their shirt and they go, oh, yeah, Target. I'm like, yep. Yep, you cheap motherfucker. <laughs> hey, Target's got good shit, man. Target is the classy Walmart. Oh, for sure. I am uh, I'm not a classy person, but the only thing that I do that keeps me from being white trash is I shop at Target instead of Walmart. Well, well, that's probably not true. I'm not white trash, but that's the only thing I do that's almost classy. You know what, though? I will say, like, not all Walmarts are created equal. Uh, I've been to some Walmarts in the Midwest where it's, like, the only store for miles, and it is ridiculous how nice some of those can be. And they're, like, the Walmart superstores. They'll just have absolutely everything under one roof. Um, they're much better than the, your average shitty Walmart that you're used to. The Tucson Walmarts are some of the worst. Oof. In fact, yeah, there are some rough ones. Dude, we used to refer to them as hell on earth when uh, people. <laughs> Who did? I did, and you did. You don't remember that? <laughs> I didn't. Hell on earth? No. Yes. Anytime I was, anytime I was at Walmart, you'd be like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm in hell on earth." And you knew what I was talking about. That was an inside joke that we used to say back and forth. I feel like we could have come up with something catchier. Well, I wasn't that, I, I, I don't know. I wasn't that catchy back then. I remember no, there was no, that no. one on Oracle. Is that where it was? Yeah, First and Wetmore. That's the worst one. First and Wetmore. That's the one. God, that place sucked. But when it's three in the morning and you need some double A batteries, where else are you going to go? Yeah. Walmart is very convenient for shit yeah. like that. And I used to work at Target, my very first real job when I was 16. I remember that. And that was in the ghetto. They called that one Targetto, but now it's a super Target, and it's all nice. Oh. Well. All, all right. right. Uh, is it your turn or my turn? It's my turn. Yeah. All right. Yes. This one comes from Dog Drinking Coffee, and it is, before purchasing anything on Amazon, use fakespot.com to have their engine analyze fake or counterfeit reviews. Um, it'll also find like, it'll also rate the seller 
uh, grade A to F and adjust the rating accordingly uh, after they eliminate you know the, the fake reviews. I didn't even know about this. This is great because, yeah, as we've spoken about in previous episodes, Amazon ads have gone to shit because of all the, the fake reviews out there. Um, and, and I think Google's fallen victim to this as well. Can't trust it. Yeah, it's got to be hard. It's I don't know what what it takes to stop the fake reviews. I guess this is the this is the step. What's the website called? That is called fakespot.com. F A K E S P O T.com. So I've been fooled many times by the fake Amazon ads or fake Amazon reviews. Do you still have your uh review of the blue blockers on Amazon? <laughs> I don't remember. That was the first review I ever wrote. It was hilarious. And I think it was like the first review for them as well for a time. Yeah, it was. It was the only one. They were hilarious. It was too stupid. It was like if God needed a pair of sunglasses, he'd reach for a pair of blue blockers. And then there was some long explanation after that. I thought it was really funny. This was 10 years ago. Yeah, I'll have to look into it. It was way longer than 10 years ago. But anyway. Yeah, it might not have even been Amazon. It might have been something else. Remember that wolf, wolf shirt? That got a ton of funny reviews on it, and it yeah, became the a wolf shirt. Yeah, Aaron got it for me. I used to have it for a very long time, um, and I would wear it often. That was when nice. I was. That's when I was dressing up, though, for like a nice dinner. Yeah, you gotta tuck that. You gotta tuck that thing into some khakis. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was my go-to date shirt. Get some silver series Velcro shoes. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to see you try and not get laid. You'd be surprised, man. I met my wife in that shirt. You guys right. had sex. You guys had sex immediately, and she's like, "Take your shirt off." And you're like, "The shirt stays." <laughs> Actually, and then you just took your pants off. I she kept turning me down, and then one day I showed up in that shirt, and it was it, it, she couldn't resist. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to either, man. Um, all right, this is another tip and it's brought to you by artemis morisa more so there's no fucking way uh okay this is a real tip progress is not linear or steady even if you feel like you've plateaued in reaching a goal keep going this is something we've kind of talked about before is myself i know that i always a million times in my life I've tried to do a 180 I'm like tomorrow I'm gonna wake up at 4 a.m drink some raw eggs and then run 15 miles and I'm gonna come home do a thousand push-ups and then I'm just gonna eat nothing but vegetables for three months and then you know by noon I'm sitting on my recliner with a, a burrito and no shirt on and um, whereas instead of just saying fuck it I didn't achieve my goal you chip away at it and and when you do relapse or, you know, make a mistake, whatever it is that your goal is, whether it be getting healthy or doing some kind of, uh, I don't know, anything, project, remember that you're going to you're gonna plateau, you're going to slow down, you're going to have hiccups, but you got to keep grinding, Julian. Just keep grinding like you're Julian in eighth grade on the dance floor and Poison's playing. Yeah. Well... I think also what that was saying is like, once you reach your goal, you're not done. You got to keep going. Uh, because if, as soon as you stop, whatever it was that got you there, you're going to go back to your, how you were before. So it's, 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 it's a change in lifestyle habit. Not, um, not like a temporary thing that you just do for a while till you get to your goal and then stop. You got to keep on going. Do it forever. Exactly. I mean, you can vary it up some, I think, and keep no, it can't. interesting. But as long as you're I'm just kidding, yes, you can going around the same activities. But, um, yeah, I think that's a good one. All right. Uh, I want to talk about you grinding on the dance floor somewhere in eighth grade. I didn't you, know, you win? Be, didn't you win best hips in high school in the yearbook? No, I didn't. But uh, I didn't. The other thing is I didn't even know uh, the song Poison until um, I was at a bar one day and our friend Brian 
uh, called me over and was like, Julian, get over here. I signed you up for karaoke. And it was like they just called his name. So I like literally walked into a bar and had to go in front of all these people. And he hands me the mic. He didn't even tell me what song it was. And it was Poison. And it was literally Poison by, by Belle Biv DeVoe. That girl is poison. Yeah, that's the one. And uh, sorry for that. And I had never, I had never heard it before. The, that he handed me this mic, and so I had no idea how it went. And so I was just like, "Poison, poison, <laughs> poison, poison," and everyone's like staring at me, like, "What are you doing?" And I had no idea how the fucking song went at all. Arian told me that <laughs> everyone started laughing like they thought I was joking. I'm like, I've never heard this song. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I can't believe you never heard that. Adion told me that story and he was so disappointed. And Adion never gets disappointed. Yeah. That's so funny though. He's yeah, you look at the screen and you're just reading poison, 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 poison. <laughs> Everyone's like, what the fuck is wrong with Julian? Yeah. I, I had never heard it. I didn't know how it went. So uh it was funny. Yeah, we'll have to sing that at the end. Although you still probably don't know it, do you? I mean, I can sing that girl's poison, but beyond that, I can't say any. I don't know much. No, I want you to do the full verses. I don't know it that well. I've only mm. heard it a handful of times. It's a great song, but um, yeah. When it goes, now you know, yo slick blow. <laughs> I don't. I see. I don't even know that. I really, I, I cut out a, a lot. Of it. All I'm right. gonna have to redo that later. Okay. I'll you edit can, that out. You can sing it. All right, uh, is it my turn or your turn? Uh, I think it's my turn. Okay. Wait, no. Yeah, because I did the the fakespot.com. But I did the uh, the plateauing thing. Mm. Right, you are. Me. Honest Austin, at it again. Mm. Thanks They're for being really honest, Austin. Hey, man. Okay, this one comes from Jeremy Duro. And it is, if someone else is buying your food or drink, let them order first and then get something in a similar price range. This is obvious, I think. Uh, don't be a fucking dick and someone orders a Bud Light and you order a shot of, I don't know, King Louis the 13th. Um, there are assholes like that that'll take advantage. And even if the person like has the means to do it, uh, don't make them feel like you're taking advantage of the situation, you know, unless they really offer it to you. And they're like telling you like, Hey man, get that steak and lobster. You should get that. And they just bought like a Caesar salad. Then do it. If they're they're if they're, you know, pressuring you, but if you're just going in normal, uh, order something around equal value or less. It's a, if it's a couple dollars more, you know, I'm sure it's not a big deal, but unless they're really strapped for cash, then you can be a judge of that. No, yeah. And sometimes it's hard to know, but that is awkward if you know someone's paying for it and they get something small and you just really want that that lobster, that double lobster and double filet, and it's $140. Yeah. But you got to do the right thing. I did this to myself uh, a few times. I've done this to myself many times where I overexerted my generosity and like couldn't afford to uh, to do what I was like trying to do uh and there's one funny story what were you trying to do pay the bill yeah like where i'm trying to like cheat or treat someone but like i don't know i was, I was a broke person for a lot of my life and there's one time where i took a girl out to lunch and we met at a thai restaurant when austin and i lived in la together and uh Shout out to Palms Thai. Yep, Palms Thai. That's where it was. Great Thai home restaurant. Of, home of the uh, live Thai Elvis yep. impersonator. Great Pad Thai. Really good restaurant. It's in uh, Hollywood. And uh, anyway, so I meet this girl for lunch, and it's on her lunch break. So she has to leave before the bill comes because she had to get back to work. And I was probably a horrible date, too, so she was probably trying to get out of there. And uh, so she leaves. I go to pay the bill. My card gets declined. And I have nothing else. Like, that's it. I have a debit card and nothing. And I'm like, oh, shit. And so I'm like, what do I do? Like, how do I get out of here? Like, and they're, like, sweating me hard. They're like, what? you got to pay this bill. They're, like, yelling at me. And so I call Austin and Adam, 
who live right down the street. I'm like, dude, can you come bail me out? I just tried to, uh, took a girl out to lunch and my card got declined. And so they had to drive up to the restaurant and pay the bill for me. Uh, it was really funny. And I thought, I thought that the girl saw you not have money to pay for it. And that made me happy. It made it worthwhile for me to put that on my credit card, which I already had just rolling debt that just kept, kept accumulating and money wasn't even real at that point. So I had no problem buying your meal, but I did pay you back. That debt wasn't because of me. Did you ask them if instead of paying, if you could perform as Ty Elvis for maybe a couple shows? I should have. No. I should have tried the washing dishes thing. I, I've always wondered if that would work, but no, I didn't try any. I just wanted to get out of there. I was so embarrassed, and they were sweating me hard about that, you know, $30 that I owed them. Dude, you've had some great first dates, man. You went to all-you-can-eat sushi with a girl. You guys, like, playfully challenged each other to who could eat the most sushi and went to all-you-can-eat sushi for a first date, which is a horrible idea. Yeah, and she destroyed me, by the way. She was this... uh attractive petite uh japanese girl who i met through one of my friends and uh we're at a bar and she goes i will eat out eat you at all you can eat anything and i was like sushi she goes absolutely and so we met up like the next day and she like wasn't even sweating and i was done and i feel like you probably wouldn't give it your all on a date though i couldn't imagine going hard on a first date i I think she was like coaxing me though. I feel like she was like, come on, that's all you're going to eat. Like she was getting real competitive about it. So I think I did actually try, but, uh, it just didn't, it, it just didn't pan out. But she deep down me. in your heart of hearts, you're like, Hey girl, this is all fun and games, but, uh, I really didn't come here for the sushi. I was hoping that we would have sex later. Yes, definitely. That was in the back of my mind as well. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't, I don't even remember how it went. Honestly, uh, that was our only date. Uh, we never went out again. And, um, so whatever I did, it was wrong. I remember another one where you, uh, you went out for another lunch date, which I never did lunch dates. I don't want it to be bright. I want to hide in the shadows for my first date and I want the weather to be cool. I don't think that was my choice. I think that was generally the girl's choice. Cause it's, they probably just thought that you were, you didn't have a very trustworthy face. Maybe um, I think yeah. I think like, some girls just like to go out on a lunch date to kind of feel it out before they commit to like an all night thing. Yeah, maybe it's the windowless van that you drive. I don't know, but I you would uh, I remember you had like sub sandwiches or just some lunch with some girl. You guys were totally sober first date, and you just thought it was the right thing to do, and so you just went in for the kiss and. Like at noon. Yeah, I do remember that. Sober. And she was like, what? Yeah. Nobody goes for a first kiss sober after eating sandwiches at lunchtime. Well, back. You're a trendsetter, though, to be fair. Backstory on that. We had had like a thing before. Hmm. It wasn't our first date. And and it wasn't like a thing. It wasn't even a thing. Like we had had one night where we like almost hooked up and and. I don't know what I was thinking at that moment. Like I, I felt I, I misread the moment <laughs> and went in for a kiss and it, Clearly. it was not, it was not a, uh, it was not, uh, what, what the moment was saying at all, but I just misread what, what the moment was. So that was <laughs> she's, sad. She's like, I don't feel good. I feel like I want to throw up. It's hot out here. I'm sweating. And then Julian just looks into her eyes goes in for the kiss i thought the time was right yep i knew exactly what she needed but i was dead wrong um maybe you were right and she was wrong so yeah the worst first date i ever went on was in uh right after we graduated from film school i had quit smoking weed for a period of time because uh, I was trying to get jobs and I didn't know if they were going to drug test or not. Little did I know the film industry doesn't give a shit if you smoke weed, but I was, tr I didn't want to like shoot myself in the foot. So I quit smoking weed for a while, but I still had my, uh, medical license. So I used to buy my friends weed whenever they wanted it. So one of my friends wanted some weed, actually a couple of my friends wanted some weed. And, uh, so I was like, yeah, let's go. So my friend came with me and we went to the, this one, uh, weed shop 
that I had never been to before. And it turned out to be a like Jamaican weed shop. And I, I think it was run by Rastafarians. Uh, that's what it seemed like anyway. Anyway, I bought a lot of weed because I was buying it for multiple people. I don't remember how much it was. It was a lot of weed. Uh, anyway, so we go and we, I buy a shitload of weed. And the guy is kind of a, I don't know. When I finish, he goes, oh, man. He's like, you bought a lot. He's like, hey, man, I got a real nice present for you. Come up back here. And he takes me in the back and he loads up a... Uh, what do they call those? Like an oil burner bong? The like the the hot plate where you burn the oil. And he put as much uh weed oil as I would smoke in probably a week, he put in one hit. And I and he's like, Hey man, you gotta hit this and he like I felt like a lot of pressure on me. And so I did it, not thinking that I hadn't smoked weed in a really long time. And I take the whole thing in, and as soon as I do it, I realize how long it had been since I smoked weed and how much oil I just smoked. And so I just blow it out quickly, and I'm like, okay, thank you. And I run back into my car, and I sit down, and I'm like, I know I got to drive home. And my friend goes, dude, what's up? You get it? And I hand him the all the bag of weed. And right when I sit down, it starts hitting me. And I'm like, dude, we got to get home. I, I just took the biggest hit ever and in the like one mile or two miles it is from there to my friend's house it hit me so hard and i remember i was taking a left turn onto his street and looking at the traffic light and looking at all the cars and like coming into the harsh reality that if any one of these cars hit me we were gonna die and i felt so much pressure to make this left turn perfectly (laughs) and then we get back to his house and i literally for like four hours was on an exponential curve of getting higher and higher and higher every five minutes and i had a first date with this girl so i call her and i say hey uh funny story but we can't go on this date she goes what do you mean why i'm so excited blah 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 and I was like, well, I accidentally got really high. And she goes, what? That's not a big deal. I'm stoned too. And so she convinced me to go on this date. So she shows up. I'm still getting higher by the minute. And we're going to Hollywood Forever Cemetery to watch a movie. And she she had driven far to get there. So I had to drive to there. And we almost get into like three car accidents on the way because I'm so high I can't drive. And we finally get there and it's so awkward because if you've ever been there, you got to wait in a really wait in line for a really long time before you get in. And then you got to listen to music on the, on the lawn before the movie starts for a really long time. So you're supposed to be like talking and interacting and I'm just too high. I can't form a sentence. And she's like, I'm really glad you told me you're high because I would have thought you're the biggest weirdo ever. <laughs> and it was it was the worst first date ever. And the next day, uh, my friend's friend, who used to be a drummer in like the grunge band days, and he played on tour with like Nirvana and all these big bands, uh, he came in. With Nirvana? No, like he wasn't in Nirvana, but he, his, oh. he was like a small band that opened up his for Nirvana. His name's actually Dave Grohl. No. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. No, he was like a he was like a small band band that opened up for those bands. Yeah, I remember so, the band actually. Keep talking, I'll, I'll it'll come to me. Anyway, so he comes over and he had he had been there when I was really high, and he goes, "Man, I've seen some high people in my day, but you are the highest person I've ever seen in my life, man." And uh. I just started dying laughing. It was so funny. And this guy had like been an ex heroin junkie and he, he had seen some high people. I'm sure. Anyway, that's my worst first date ever. Yeah. That that was rough. Yeah. Um, I've seen, I've, I've, the guy at subway one time criticized you for being too high when we were in college. Like how (laughs) high do you have to be where the employee at subway goes, Jesus Christ, man, can you even open your eyes? No, he said, can you even see? Because I was trying to read the menu and I was just grinning from ear to ear. Yeah, that you were the person that just has a sign on top of your head. Yes. There's no hiding when I'm high. I've had a couple too high stories and I'll try to keep this brief. One time when we, when we were making all that butter and it, we just, 
That was before people knew how many milligrams anything was. Each of those cookies we were making, dude, it had to be 200 milligrams plus. Like, Easily. They were destroying people. And when we first made them, I ate a cookie and I did not feel anything. And it, it seemed like two hours had passed. It was a long time and I, I felt nothing. And I was like, fuck this. I'm eating another one. And as soon as I, as soon as it was down the gullet, down the hatch, I got as high as I'd ever been in my entire life instantly. And I just had a full on panic attack. I was like, oh no, oh no, I can't take this. I can't do this. And I was about to, David had left a Xanax behind. I was like, I'm just going to take a Xanax. I'm going to go to sleep. This is going to knock me out. I'll wake up tomorrow and be fine. I was like having a full on panic attack. So fucking high. And I'd been a stoner for fucking, I don't know, 10 years maybe. And I remember Adam just grabbed me by the cheeks and looked me in the eye and he goes, Hey, it's weed, you fucking pussy. You're going to be fine. (laughs) And then I thought about it. And then I just went in the shower and I did the thing from the movies where you just, you just cradle on the floor in the shower and I let water spray over me for a while. And, uh, sure enough, I was fine. Hey, that's awesome, man. The first time that I ate, uh, edibles in Tucson, I ate three cookies, and I don't know, they were a different kind, but I was so high, and I went to Red Lobster with possibly you and someone else, and I remember <laughs> I was so worried my dad was going to come in by himself and eat lunch and see me there. I remember. Like, he would have even cared. I was like, dude, my dad's going to come in. He loves these biscuits. Yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Like, what would he have done? I was like, in my 20s, he would have been like, okay. I used to do that too. I think we all have that fear because the first time I got high, I thought the same thing. We got I got high with uh, Ricky and Mike Bianco in his backyard, and they got me high. And we went to the Tucson Mall, and we were driving there. And on the way there, I was so scared that my parents were going to drive up next to me and see how high I was. And I remember we ran into a bunch of girls like Marissa and Martha and some other girls at the mall and they knew I was high and they got so mad at Ricky and Mike for getting me high. Like you got him high. Cause I had like never really done anything except drink a few times prior to that. Um, so I think that's a common fear that your parents are going to find out you're high. And then I remember the first time my mom did find out I was high and she thought it was hilarious. And she just came up to me and she's like, are you high? And she started like poking me and like making fun of me and then made me some food. So she didn't even give a shit. That's the, that's the worst thing anyone can do if you're, especially if you're on mushrooms and you're around sober people oh. and they're like, Whoa, look at this. And they start waving their hands in there. It's like, fuck you. Yeah. You're not one of us. You're, Don't even try to talk to me. You're not in this universe that I'm in. Get out of here. You're ruining yeah, my time. Yeah, you were clear. Yeah, that's that's my biggest peeve. What do you? So s- if I'm on mushrooms, I have to. It has to be a planned situation. Yes. Do not do mushrooms on a whim. Uh, yeah. When they're like, "What are you seeing right now? Is the world like crazy? Like, does this look cruel? Like, what does this look like? Do you see these colors?" I'm just like, dude, you have no fucking clue. Get out of here, dude. You don't know the first thing about mushrooms. You fucking bitch. Yeah. If you want to find out, eat some yourself. I'm not going to tell you about it. Yep. Now leave me alone and let me stare at this lava lamp for another 30 minutes. <laughs> All right, we can keep we can go on about weed and mushroom stories forever. Okay, we could do an entire. Drug, that's the end of drug corner. <laughs> that lasted do, a lot longer than we expected. We could do a fucking entire podcast on Jesus. drug stories. Yeah, talk about finding our comfort zone. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Okay. Oof. <sighs> uh, I wish I was allowed to do drugs still. Okay, here we go. It's my turn, and it's uh, brought to you by Imperator underscore 323. Nope, just three. Last two, three is 23 hours ago. Okay. If you find a business that you enjoy, a local business especially, tell the owners how you found or heard about them. This is really helpful for small or local businesses. Um, Marketing is really difficult to fund and control, according to this person on Reddit, and I believe it. Uh, so some feedback on how you came across something is extremely helpful, whether it just be something simple like, hey, I saw you guys on Facebook or my neighbor liked it or I liked your sign. Just let them know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm always asked that by business owners like, hey, how'd you find us? Usually it's Yelp because I'm a big Yelper. Um, I know they have shitty uh, business practices, um, but I haven't found a better alternative to Yelp. So unfortunately I still use them anyway. Uh, yeah, I always let them know. And I also like to let people know when they're doing a great job and what I like about their business, especially when they're starting out. Um, 
because I think it helps. And it also helps, too, to tell them what you don't like. You know, to be nice about it, but, you know, uh, no one's perfect, and they're, they're going to have some hiccups along the way. And if they don't know about them, they can't fix them. So it's good to just have a friendly conversation. Be like, hey, man, you know, uh, this you could put a little more salami on this sandwich or whatever it is. Dude, that one's so hard for me. And I, I totally agree. It's so helpful, but I'm such a bitch ass at a restaurant. I'll, I'll absolutely hate something. My chicken will be raw and I'll be like, that was the worst thing I've ever had. And they're like, how is it? Because it's good. It's good. Yeah. But yeah, it's so much, if it's a local place, it's so much better actually giving them feedback. There's this Mongolian place in Tucson called Panda house that I've been going to for like 15 years. I love Panda House. And I love it as well. And they never got busy and they never quite picked up. So I felt the need to help them out. I was like thinking about trying to advertise for them. And I even asked the lady if she'd looked into Groupons or things like that. I'm like, am I overstepping my bounds? I was like trying to help them, you know. What was their reaction? Get some business because it was so good and just no love. I, I don't think she, I don't even know if she knew what it was. There, She was very foreign. And uh, it was awesome. Anyways, that place is gone. It is. No. They sold it, and some fucking jackal took over, and and he ruined all the recipes. Ah, uh, that sucks. I hate it when that happens. The plus uh, that was a that was a pre-COVID place for sure, because it was like a oh yeah, they would not be allowed. Everything lined up, all the veggies and noodles and meat lined up like a cafeteria or buffet, and you just walk through and you scoop it in your bowl, and then they throw it on the hot wok for you. Yeah, but they would serve. They would give you tortillas with your meal if you asked for them. I know that was the best. It was so weird. It didn't sound like it matched at all, but it was so good to eat that in a tortilla. Picking up your chow mein noodles in a tortilla was so good. Yeah, it was really good. After a while, they quit advertising them there, and I think they just kept them there for me because I went there so much and I was yeah. requested them. It was the ultimate stoner spot. We would drive across town and just get so super stoned in the parking lot and then go and eat that shit. It was a uh, great that and furs cafeteria. We loved going to furs. <laughs> yeah, but furs was shit. We just liked the idea that it was a cafeteria and you could get unlimited. I think with furs, we went that one time and they had this coconut popcorn chicken and it was so good. And we were always chasing that, that white dragon. Is that a thing? And they never had it again, but we'd keep going back and it was never as good. Uh, I thought their chicken fried steak was the, I mean, it wasn't, it was a buffet. It was a cafeteria buffet. What are you going to expect? But for the price and what you got, I thought it was pretty good. It was way better yeah. than Golden Corral. I'll tell you that. Where, all, where else can you eat 15 chicken fried steaks for eight ninety nine? Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was great. And we get so excited to go. We'd be like, we're going to go to first. We're going to go to first. We call everyone. Hey, man, we're going to first. No way. We're going to first. I'll be right there. And then we'd all. all... Let me see how high I can possibly get. Yeah, that was. You couldn't go sober. You had to go stoned. And it was us and a bunch of old people. It was always just old people and us. Mm -hmm. But it was funny. Last time I went there, I went on a friendship date with. uh, Remember that really attractive girl from. Ventana, Anna, the girl from Mexico. Yes. I went with her and she really liked, like it was her idea. She wanted to go there. And uh, who do I end up running into? But Billy Clark and his girlfriend and her, his girlfriend's like nine kids. And it was the most awkward meeting ever. And I remember it was, I think I was visiting from LA and he was moving to L.A. because his girlfriend had just graduated makeup school. And he was like, hey, man, can I get your number? You know, we can hang out in L.A. And I was like, yeah, man. But I didn't give him my number. Hmm. Yeah. So that was the last time I ever went to Furs. Not because of that. It's just I haven't been back since. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, there's no more Furs left in Tucson. So ah, I'm sure fuck, there's some man. Sure, you can. I'm sure there's plenty of them in San Bernardino. So, no, I don't think there are. I haven't never seen it first. <laughs> San Bernardino just seems like it would have a lot of furs. No, you know, it's for San Bernardino does have the first Golden McDonald's Corral. and the first Taco Bell both came from San Bernardino. And there's a restaurant that Mr. Bell got the idea from Taco for Taco Bell from where he got his inspiration for the tacos. He actually started working there and learned the recipe and then mimicked them to open Taco Bell. He opened it right across the street and that restaurant is still there and it's a historic landmark and you can go and have the original 
taco that inspired Taco Bell's tacos. I think his name was Mike Bell. That's really something. It's supposed to be pretty good. I've never done it. We should go next time we come out. I've heard. I don't know if there's a documentary or if you told me about it or what, but we will go. I think there's a few uh, things on it that I've seen. I'll add that into my Triple D bus tour that I'm going on. All right. Sounds good. All right. I think it's my turn for a tip. Uh, This one comes from Lama Jeme. Don't wait until a special day to give your significant other a card. Give them randomly throughout the year. That way, they know you're always thinking about them outside of birthdays and anniversaries. And I don't think this just goes for cards. I do this with flowers and other, you know, random gifts. I think it's just nice. It's unexpected. So you'll add, like, a nice element of surprise to it. Because on their birthday and anniversary, of course, they're expecting it. But um, if it's just, like, out of the blue, I think it's a little bit more meaningful. Especially if 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 if, if you know what they're going to really enjoy. Because um, it adds a little spontaneity into your relationship. And um, I think that's always a good thing. Keep them guessing. That's a good tip. When did you last do that, Julian? Uh, this past weekend. On Son of a bitch. Saturday. Sunday. No, Saturday. Saturday. I'm going to have to edit this part out of the podcast. I don't want Veronica to hear this. I'm just a better man than you are, Austin. Yeah, in every way. Hence why I'm married and Austin's not. <laughs> You said that was because of your big penis. Well, it's probably a combination. I, I get them. They, they, uh, they get caught by the flowers. They stay for the penis. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Julian. Can it be a postcard, or does it have to be a card? Uh, it, as as I said, it can be anything that will get their uh mojo flowing. That one time you put a. Uh, a sunflower in your urethra I remember and you pulled the covers away and you said hey babe happy birthday and she really enjoyed that and except it fucking hurt so bad to put in and even more to get out yeah she that sucked that you had to stay at the hospital for her whole birthday but um I think it was the the gesture the thought was there for sure yeah and now I don't even have to push to pee anymore I just aim my dick down and it just falls out Mm-hmm. That, that there's a term for that. It's called sounding. Um, you're supposed to ease your way into it. You know, you start small, maybe a piece of wire or some dental floss, and then within two months, there's no reason you can't work your way up to getting a, a baby carrot inside of your urethra. <laughs> is that really a thing? Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that's horrible. Someone told me about it. And Jesus I it up, Christ! And I never forgot. Who the fuck does that? Look up sounding urban dictionary. Do you know that like getting a catheter is one of my biggest fears? Like I'm so scared of getting a catheter sometime because that just sounds fucking terrible. Yeah. Can't you just give me a giant diaper? I don't want anything going in there. Why can't they just like put like a, a suction thing on the end of your dick that <laughs> with the hose like on at it. the dentist? The thing that you yeah. like, All right, close your mouth. Yeah, exactly. All right, Julian, cup your hands around your tip. <laughs> no, just like, it yeah, sucks it right up. You just press a button and it starts sucking and then you just pee and it goes away. Why do they got to stick something down the hole of your dick? I don't know, but we're going to work on this invention as soon as we're done with this episode. If they ever do that to me, they better fucking either knock me out or give me a shitload of Novocaine or Lidocaine, whatever they use. Whatever the one is for your penis, the the penis number. I got Lidocaine yesterday in my shoulder because I had to get an MRI. And I didn't know they have to inject dye into your body where they're doing an MRI. Yeah. So uh, they stuck a needle into my shoulder joint and injected it with this dye that they give you, like, this pamphlet on that tells you, like, all these horrible things that could happen from this dye that's made out of heavy metals that say there's no evidence that this does any harm. But keep an eye out for this, 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 this. And you're like, fuck, man. But I went with it. I'm fine. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Um, yeah, but they stuck that fucking needle in deep, and then they had to, like, adjust it and take it out and, like, put it in a different spot and stuff. 
and it was it was gnarly. Yeah, that's not fun. I'm pretty good at needles usually, but I fucking hate needles, man. I don't even look when they like bring out that tray of fucking torture devices that they're about to jab into me. I look away. I don't want to see it. And yesterday I take a Xanax because I found out about the the dye uh, a little bit before, and I'm like, fuck, man, that sounds awful. So I took a Xanax so I didn't freak out. That's that was a good idea. Probably, I'm sure you had a blast. Xanax is great for things like that. Actually, I'm that and f- flights. That's a pr- yeah. here's a pro tip. If you're flying across country or anything five hours plus, take a Xanax and uh, and you'll be just fine. Doesn't matter how far you're flying. I almost fell asleep in the in the uh, MRI machine. <laughs> yeah. It is a magical drug. Yeah. Because, man, and they are like, are you claustrophobic? And I'm not. But, man, if you were claustrophobic, you would freak the fuck out. There's, mm-hmm. like, very little space in there. If you even budged, you'd knock your head real hard. Um, Real quick, we need to move on here. But, uh, I mean, I guess we don't have to. But Hey, we can do whatever we want, man. It's our, our show. Our friend Jake, who gets anxiety, he was flying from L.A. to London. And he took a Xanax. And when he, whenever he travels, Jake drinks like a man who just lost his family. Like, no matter what time of day it is, he just hits the bar hard. So he took a, a Xanax. I don't remember, you know, maybe like a quarter of a bar. And then drank 15 drinks, 10 drinks maybe. And then he lay, sat down on the plane and passed out immediately before it took off. And then he woke up as the plane was landing in London, you know, 10 hours later or whatever. That's the dream. I'm still jealous of that to this day. That was just five plus years ago. I but when you fly to Europe, I enjoy it because you get all the free drinks you want on the way there. Not on this airline. Oh, if you pick, you have to pick a European airline to get that. If you pick American, they don't do that. We picked. We flew Norwegian Air, I think. And they didn't and give you free drinks. They didn't have that, but they just had a little. They had a little computer screen, and you could just order drinks as much as you wanted, and they would charge you for it. Oh. So I thought I was being all sly by not ordering the meals, like not ordering those $50 meals. And then I ended up spending like $100 on booze and snacks. You should just upgrade your ticket. You put in all that for free. I went, I flew business class to Germany on Lufthansa Air. Um, Lufthansa. Dude, it was amazing. Like uh, my glass was never empty. Every time they walked by, they refilled it. But and- you, uh but Jake and I flew from L.A. to London for 450 bucks. Okay. Straight shot. Yeah, mine so. was way more than that. It was the only time I've ever flown, like, something fancy like that. But I see why people that can afford it do it. Although on the way back, I, I took a Xanax hoping I would sleep the whole flight. And I took, you know, I took one, and I just could not fall asleep. And it felt like some sort of medieval torture. Like I was, I was sitting up and I could not get comfortable and I could not fall asleep, but I was so fucking tired. I remember I just wanted to get up and scream. So I had to get up and just walk laps or walk back and forth down the uh, rows. That's interesting. You know that people in other countries, as soon as like they tell you to take off the seatbelt, they all just stand up and hang out in the, in the aisleways. I noticed there was a lot more of that. And so that's kind of what gave me the, the courage to... I didn't know that's like a, a thing in Europe, I guess. Every time I've flown to Europe, that's what the Europeans do is like they turn that fastened seatbelt off and it's just like turns into a very skinny lounge. They're so they used to just, walking and standing up, whereas yeah, the Americans just, are like, why aren't you sitting down? Yeah. Like you get to sit for 10 hours with no excuses needed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, do a couple more t- Do a couple more tips, huh? Yeah, I think these people need them. They're Dude. they're struggling without these tips. There's been a, the world has had a shortage of tips lately. There's no doubt about that. Okay, well, uh, all this talk about wholesome things leads me into another episode of Austin's Parent Corner. Life Jesus pro tips Christ, from a childless parent. Have a kid already. Backed by popular demand, baby. Okay, what is it? Um, it's brought to you by Station Eight Thousand One. If you are somewhere in public, or I guess anywhere, if there's a parent and they're trying to stop their child from doing something, just let them say, let them do it. Don't say, oh, it's okay. Like, you know, say you're sitting down at a table eating and a kid walks up and starts putting his finger in your nose (laughs) and and the parent tries to stop him. 
your natural inclination is like, oh, it's okay, he's fine. But uh, let them do it because they're trying to discipline their child. Trust me, I know a lot about children. True. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. But I also think that there's like a time to step in when like some parents overreact about something. Like there's some parents that are just fucking assholes to their kids and they'll like scream at them for something. And at that point, I think you got to stick up for the kid. Right. And, and sometimes parents, it's, I mean, if they're trying to train their kid, that's obviously that you want to support that. But I think a lot of times they're just embarrassed that the, the kid is interrupting whatever it is you're doing and they're trying not to be rude. So I guess it's a case by case situation. Yeah. But now it's weird with COVID. I was at the beach recently when I went to San Diego and this little kid kept coming up to me and I felt awkward because I was on the beach, you know, didn't have a mask on or anything. And the parents were kind of like, Hey, come on, Jimmy. And you know, one, I'm awkward with kids, but two, I was just like, uh, if I have some shit, I don't want to give it to this kid. So I felt awkward with the whole COVID thing. So I just pushed the kid over in the, in the sand and, and walked the other way. <laughs> You're such a dick. You're no longer allowed to give parenting tips. I was just trying to do the right thing. It was for his own safety. He'll understand when he gets older. You could have just scared him and been like, and yelled at him. Yeah, I didn't really. I just coughed in his face. Uh, and the parents picked him up real quick. Well, whatever. You still don't deserve to have a kid, and your parent corner days are done. No one parents are going to listen to you. I'm not about having kids. I'm about telling people how to raise their kids. That's good. That's why... Yeah. You're the best, Austin, because you give people tips on things that you don't know anything about. You don't know anything about raising a child. Julian, just move on. Obviously, I, I do know how to raise a child. All right. Uh, all right. For my last tip of the day, it is from the Mexican Juan, and it is leave a dime on a cup of frozen water in the freezer while you're away from home. If you find the dime at the bottom of the cup, it means at some point your freezer lost electricity and the meats inside may be not safe to consume. Throw it all away. Great tip. Because, uh, yeah, this could happen. Your freezer could turn off. All your shit would unthaw. Then it re uh, a power comes back on. It all refreezes. And then you're eating some steak and you're, like, yelling at your wife because she made it wrong. But really, you're eating poison because it's spoiled um and this actually happened to me early on in this covid situation i had bought so much frozen food it was at that time when like there's a scare that there's gonna be a food shortage so we were all stocking up on like things that last a while so i spent a stupid amount of money on frozen pizzas and lasagnas and whatever i could fit in my freezer and then i uh closed it but i it was one of those things where it closed but then there was something pushing on the inside of the door and it pushed it open a tiny bit uh and i left it for i don't know five days and i came back and everything was melted in there like it was just gone and i had to throw the entire thing out i was so pissed did you check the dime first <laughs> no i didn't use this tip this tip wouldn't have helped in that situation because it was the freezer was still open when I got there, and everything was just warm and 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 dethawed. All right, Julian. I hate to be the one to say it, but everyone's thinking it. I think you might. We might have a shit tip on our hands. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Who the fuck's gonna put a a cup in their freezer with a dime on top? If you're going out of town for a week or something, maybe. Come on, you could do that. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right, fine. I mean, you may not do it, but it would work. I don't think it's a shit tip. It's just an unlikely tip that anyone's going to do. It's it's too hard of a tip. People can't handle it. Yeah. People aren't people aren't that dedicated to these tips. Only the diehards will do that. All right. So. Well, I'm not going to do it, but I, it, I'm sure hey, it works. I hope I you don't. It, I hope you don't die of food poisoning, Austin. That's I guess it's say. a it's a case by case thing. Like, say you have a rickety old freezer, and uh, it's not because your freezer broke. It's because the power went out. You dingus. Oh yeah. Well, or you could I just come home. I don't care how good your freezer and, is. 
hey, I'll save you the trouble of putting a fucking dime in your freezer on a cup of water. If you come home and all your clocks are reset on your microwave and your oven, then your power probably went out. Yeah, but if it just went out for a second and yeah, then came right. back on, then your freezer would be fine. Damn it, Julian, you're it's right. It's only if it went out for a period of time that this would come into effect. And the only way you're going to know that is with a fucking dime and a frozen cup of water. All right, take it back. It's a Hall of Fame tip. Yeah. You deserve an apology, the Mexican one <laughs> from Austin. I'm sorry, the Mexican one. That's a great tip. That's a Hall of Fame tip right there. And uh, I will put something very painful in my urethra when we're done as a, way, a form of punishment. A form of American Harry Carey. I vote for nine, nine uh, habanero seeds. Oof. All right, I'll do it. All right. For you. Not for me, okay. for Mexican Juan. Let's uh, wrap it up. I'm done. Yeah, that's all I got. I got nothing left to give. You took it out of us, people. I'm very so tired. You can repay us by giving us a five-star rating, subscribing to us, and writing us an email. Yeah, none of that four-star bullshit. Five stars or bust with the reviews. Yeah, five stars or nothing. Even if you hate us, give us one star and then email us and tell us that you hated... Or no, I'm sorry, give us five stars. Email us, tell us that you wanted to give us a one star because we suck. But uh, you gave us five stars and we'll send you a check for two ninety nine. That's, that's all we can afford. That's coming out of Austin. We're not sending anyone checks for two ninety nine. What are you talking about? We are not buying our reviews, Austin. We're not going to stoop to that. Well, we'll do something nice. We'll do something nice, but not that. Um. Anyway, but write us an email. Send us a tip. It would mean a lot to us. Say hello. If you send us a tip, we will put it on the next episode. No matter what it is. We might not. Could be, could be might, anything. We might call it a shit tip, but we'll still put it on. And we'll 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 say your username or whatever you want us to call you, Babman Majama. We'll call you that. Just make sure to include your last name and your social security number, and your credit card number, so mm-hmm. we can so we can credit your card. And we, we're gonna need that CVV as well. Yep, and expiration date. All right. Okay. Well, go fuck yourself, Austin. Love you, world. And I love you. And don't stick things. Myself. Don't stick things in your urethra unless you're a doctor. You guys don't have to listen to him. All right, bye, Julian. Bye. Adam just grabbed me by the cheeks and looked me in the eye and dude, my dad's gonna come in. He loves these biscuits. He's like, what the fuck is wrong with Julian? For whatever reason, I got flat butt syndrome. Let's uh, let's start this podcast before we get too hard, huh? Squeeze your butt cheeks together at the top. He's got some glutes. You can put a little more salami on this sandwich and whisper in the ear. I know your secret. A tasteful bulge. Ain't nothing to fuck with. And I felt so much pressure to make this left turn perfectly. They always dress me in like Kirkland signature jeans. Uh... I'm all for shrinking those bathing suits. Didn't you win best hips in high school? I buy a shitload of weed. I knew exactly what she needed. I, I misread the moment. <laughs> hey man, we're going to first. I buy the flowers, they stay for the penis. You just press a button and it starts sucking and then you just pee and it goes away. That was the last time I ever went to first.